Because Money was originally recorded as a video podcast, so there may be visuals that don't carry through to this audio-only version. Please visit becausemoney.ca to see the show notes, related links, and more. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Because Money podcast. I'm Jackson Middleton, one of your hosts, joined by Rob Engen and Sandy Martin. This is episode 24. We uh, actually are celebrating an anniversary I guess as we've been on the air for just about a year, 24 episodes, not bad, one every couple of weeks. So uh, we've got some special guests today, so I'll just hand it over to Sandy. Why don't you make an introduction, and we'll get rolling on financial literacy in schools. Yeah, we're really excited today to be joined by Carolyn, Caroline Munshaw and Jenny Bolton of Sensible Students. So they are they operate out of Toronto, and I'm actually just going to let them explain who they are and what they do. So ladies, to you. Great, thank you. Thanks so much for having us tonight. Um, Sensible Students is an organization that we started and we just love it. It's uh, a ton of fun. We work with students from kindergarten all the way to grade 8 and we do interactive workshops in the classroom helping students learn to manage their money. So our focus is saving money, spending it sensibly, so we always get them to get that play on words and to share their money. So that's a little bit about our organization. It's me and Jenny. The dynamic duo. <laughs> so how did you, can you give us a little bit of background? Did you, sure. were you having lunch one day and saying let's just start this? Or? Sure, so we, we met um, at um, for financial literacy, so it was called SETI, it's now called Prosper Canada, so working with adults, working with adults and financial literacy, and when we were working there, we really saw the need for starting young. Everyone we work with said, if only I had this information when I was younger, if only I'd learned this earlier, I'd be in much better shape, so we said, let's make sure that young people have access to this information, and most of us, if our, if our parents didn't teach us how to manage our money, we didn't learn it, so we want to make sure that they have access to this through the classroom. So what's your process with getting into the schools? Like, are you knocking on doors, or do you have some kind of an in with a local school district, or how, how did that start for you? I can answer that. Um, ultimately, um, it's a lot of our money moms, I would say. I think I'm muted. Am I muted? No. Nope. No, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, Hi, I'm here. Um, ultimately, we used our mummy network, and uh, really it's about word of mouth, so um, letting people know that we were embarking on this new adventure and uh, getting the word out. We did a lot of piloting in our own children's schools, and uh, then it was you know, trying to make connections to the individual schools and do as much marketing and outreach as we could. We would go to parent conferences, we would go to uh, math conferences, and just try to make uh, the proper connections. So we really hooked up a lot with the TDSB. They had a financial literacy steering committee. They were very, very advanced compared to some of the other boards around the issue of financial literacy. And uh, they came in and, and saw what we did and have reviewed all of our materials. So we've been working quite closely with them. We do a lot of work with the private schools as well, um, and also a little bit with Toronto Catholic District School Board. We've also done some interesting partnerships um, with, for example, Rama First Nations. Uh, we've done some work with For Kicks, which is an organization that works in the Jane Finch area. So it just kind of keeps expanding as, as word gets out. So are you guys, uh, are you guys a, a for-profit organization, a non-for-profit? How does that work? And like, do you charge for the program to the, to the families, the students, school boards, teachers, bus drivers? Who pays for it? How does... How did, how, who actually, uh, we know the students benefit, but who, 
who pays for it? Do you want me to get this one, Jenny? Sure. Okay. So um, we charge. We're it's uh, it's Jenny and I. We're, it's a partnership, and um, we really we have we both have not-for-profit roots. That's really our, we kind of operate as not-for-profit. It's just been simpler to keep it as a partnership though. So we do charge uh, $225 for a two-hour workshop and mostly the cost has been covered by parent council. So parent councils are raising funds for extra programming in their students in their students' uh, classrooms. So they've been paying for it. Some schools have have a budget. Um, a lot of budgets have been cut, but the, some schools do have a budget to have some extra programming uh, for their for the students. Um, and um, and sometimes students are each are each bringing in a certain amount of money to cover the cost. So it so it varies, but it tends to be uh, the parent councils that are paying for it. We've also been very fortunate to receive some grants through the TDSB. The grant the TDSB has received grants to provide financial literacy and they have asked that we deliver the, that programming. So that's been fantastic because then that goes out to all the schools in the Toronto area and they have access to that programming. Can we share some exciting news? Sure. Yes. We uh, actually just met with the Toronto Foundation for Student Success today and they received some funding from the uh, Actuarial Foundation of Canada. So we will be, uh, for the next three years, delivering some workshops within their Beyond 330 program. And it's a beautiful program helping uh, students in schools that are sort of at risk. So at, at between 3.30 and 6 o'clock, they go, they get a snack. Actually, they prepare their snack. Um, they learn financial literacy as well, uh, of course. Uh, we're going to be uh, providing our workshops. And they've also uh, worked with Prosper Canada in the past to develop a, a board game. So uh, we're very excited to be working with them because I think uh, there's definitely the need within that program. And uh, so we just uh, signed the contract today. So, so we're... Uh, excited to embark on that. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's Financial Literacy Month this month. Sorry, Sandy. Yes. Um, no, you go. Dying to ask this one. So we've, one of the default answers we always hear, you know, we need to improve our financial literacy. They, they ought to teach something in school. And so what are some of the challenges from, I guess, from the teacher's perspective? Um, and is this, I guess, is this the route we need to go is to outsource these workshops? Like are teachers equipped to be doing this on their own or putting it into the curriculum themselves or is, or is this a more natural, um, you know, movement to, to outsource this into smaller workshops? We'll go Caroline or I can go. We'll just alternate. Sure. <laughs> okay. So, so it's both. So it's it's integrated in the curriculum. The the Ministry of Education is, has it, they, there's a programming that's in the curriculum already. Um, most teachers that we're speaking with, they're they are so much in their curriculum. It's hard for them to add to be adding to that. We've also found that it's really nice to have another voice coming in. So even if, when the teachers are, if they are um, able to, to integrate financial literacy in their curriculum, it is really nice to have some other voices come in and reinforce the same messages. I'm, I'm sure we, we find this with our parenting, with so many things, they're hearing it, the same, the same concepts from different people and also through different methods. So we come in, so very interactive and fun and we have lots of energy and it's a little different than what's normally in the curriculum. So we find that as well. So it's a it's a complement to that. Actually I'm going to add that you know the teachers have commented that it's a great opportunity for them to actually sit back and assess how the students are doing with the topic. The other thing that we provide is some post resources. So 
Um, others have said, great, now I've got some you know, exciting ways that I can be presenting the material. And then we leave them with uh, websites and activities and other things that they can do to continue the learning. So you know, part of being in the classroom is just one, one part of it. And what we hope is that it's also being um, enforced at, at home. So we do send a letter home as well with, with some links and, and information. We do have a sensible families workshop. And that came because, again, parents are saying, well, how do I talk to my children about money? So uh, many schools will get the parent reaching out grant and have us come and do a, a special event in the evenings where we, we have two ways of doing it, either just to parents where we talk to them about allowance and all kinds of different issues, or the one that's really popular is when we do the kids and the parents together. So we set up some of the stations, some of the activities we're actually doing in the classroom and have the parents go through the activities with their children. So we get that conversation started. So it's got to be in the classroom, it's got to be at home. Um, and you know, it also, you know, if you, on a larger scale, I mean, things need to be done sort of not only with the government, but private sector, nonprofit sector. I mean, it's, you know, there's no single solution, obviously. Uh, there's many, many ways that we can build financial literacy among Canadians. Well, that's great that you give the tools to the parents and teachers to, uh, you know, continue that after the workshop is done. That's awesome. So what, what do some of those activities look like? I'm always very curious what happens kind of inside the classroom. It's one of those things they don't get to observe very <laughs> ah, often. Ah, yes. So what, I mean, obviously it would, it would be different kind of with your kindergarten students or your grade 8 students, but what's, what's kind of a typical workshop look like for you? Mute. <laughs> Unmute now. Okay. Am I good? Okay. Thanks. Sorry. Okay. So we tend to do, we usually have about three different activities. So I'll give you a couple of examples. So each in each two-hour workshop, we do about three activities, very interactive and mostly group activities. Um, I'll give you one example. In grade four, we are letting, we're showing kids how to use an ATM. So not, we're not actually going to an ATM, but we have this awesome online tool that we're able to show them how is it that this works. And we start to have that discussion about how is it that you that money is not coming out of this magic machine and this magic car that is unlimited. There is, we just we we discuss that. Uh, in grade five, we do a, a budgeting workshop and they're creating a pet budget. So they're saying, okay, we've agreed that we're gonna take care of this pet. Do we have enough money to pay for it? And they get some pretend income and we work on expenses. And then we have chance cards. Okay, you've got your income is going to cover your expenses, but what happens when chance comes your way? So they have to figure out what happens when those unexpected events happen and how you're going to cover that. So that's a couple of examples. Jenny, do you have some others that you wanted to add? Yeah, sure. Um, just to let you know, they I mean they are linked to the math curriculum. So uh, teachers love that, the fact that we are, you know, making sure that it, it meets those requirements. But it's really fun. Like in the kindergarten, we get them doing the money pokey and lots of, you know, active things. Um, so that's one of our favorite ones. The other thing that we love to do uh, in the grade seven and eight workshop is, is finding money. And we, you know, you can do this with adults as well. It's just having them add up the cost of certain things per month. Uh, so, you know, instead of giving them their own things to think about, because they may not have a lot of disposable income, we give them characters. So they may have Howard or they may have Siraj and they have certain spending habits and they have to add them up. So, you know, if you buy a hot chocolate every day after school, it's going to add up. So you get these aha moments. I love to tell the story of the grade eight boy and he's in the back of the classroom and all of a sudden he's like, my iPad. And I'm like, what? He goes, well, I'm like Howard. I buy, you know, whatever, a treat on the way home every day after school and I've been wanting an iPad. 
Well, it added up to $56 per month or $680 per year. Ta-da, there's his iPad. So it was, it was really a great moment for him because he realized that these little tiny expenditures add up and it's the finding money in your budget in order to be able to achieve other financial goals that you have. So it's fun. <laughs> and how awesome is that that he figured that out in grade eight? I yeah. figured that out six months ago. <laughs> I was like, God, stop going through driving through a Starbucks. And it's like, I could buy a car with that. But yeah, anyways, that's kind of awesome. So now you have material that is specific to every grade, K through eight. So materials that integrates with the curriculum? That's correct. Um, wow. every, every grade, sorry, every grade is a little bit different. Um, and they build upon each other, but they're also standalone. So, um, you know, it would be great if a school had us come in every year and, and the students going to, you know, learn a variety of things. But, um, you know, they can also have us just come one year and it's sort of a standalone workshop as well. So, as an example, in grade four, the, the uh, number sense enumeration, they're meant to make change. They need to be able to, to manipulate a $100 bill, so the $100. So we give them a play $100 bill, and they're buying items for $100. They get to choose, and the, other, and the partner makes change. So, that's, so we link it that way to the number sense enumeration. In grade five, it goes up to $1,000, and so that, that's, that, that's the specific link there, is the number sense enumeration. So is it just the two of you running these workshops, or how busy are you, how stretched are you right now, and I guess, and where do you go from here? Like, you sign up another school district, and uh, you, you need to uh, need an army to deliver this. <laughs> is it me? Am I still on? No, now you're muted. Okay. Yes, right now it is the two of us. Unmute now. It is the two of us right now. And when we do get busy, um, we've we have hired one uh, woman. We've and we've trained her. Well, actually, two. I guess we've trained um, to hire um, to do those workshops when we do get busy. But right now, it is the two of us. Right. <clears throat> so, are your plans to take over the nation then? <laughs> <laughs> We're actually for now we're we're sticking with Southern Ontario, okay. um, yeah. So that's we because we know, need you here in Alberta. I know, I know, I know, I know. We'd love to have right now. I actually have a great idea for you. I got a great okay. idea. All you okay. have to do is go on Dragon's Den, and then oh. Kevin Cleary will call you absolutely crazy for trying to do something that he's already done once, and then you'll have a bunch of actual people who are real people, kind of loving what you're doing and wanting to. Uh, you know, bring it everywhere else in Canada. So use Kevin O'Leary calling you guys idiots to your advantage, and you'll no, he's just. He's not on it anymore. It won't work. Oh, he's not. Yeah. Oh well, then you gotta go on the Shark Tank or something. <laughs> Whatever. Is he sold out? He's not even on Dragon's Den. Oh, that's right. We got the the other guy, the, the cook guy, who's always talking about his palate. <laughs> I love that guy. Raj. Raj. He's awesome. Raj. I see him on the Food Network <laughs> as a with Los Angeles. My palate, always his palate. Anyways, sorry about that. So you got to talk to him, get him as, to tell you guys you're you're crazy, and then you're out. Sorry, Sandy, I, I don't know. You're <laughs> Just to get get us back on track here. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Sandy. You, you've received grants, and, and you've got this um, uh, this new partnership, so which is excellent. So, you know, with this new financial literacy movement and the financial literacy leader that was appointed, Jane Rooney, do you, do you have the ear of Jane Rooney and her and her um, uh, committee, I guess, or um, you know, what are you are you plugged into what's going on there? Um, actually, we um, 
we know Jane Rooney quite well from our work uh, at Prosper Canada and uh, so she certainly knows what we do. Anything that they do has to be on a national scale and we're just not quite there yet. Um, but uh, you know, have our, our work from Prosper Canada has allowed us to keep very, very connected to what's going on uh, in the sector. So um, yeah, I mean, we, we try to keep up with, with what's happening and we want to make sure that what we're providing is definitely value add. And um, so yeah, I mean, it, it may evolve as, uh, as things change and maybe we can come up with some new ideas to, uh, to provide things on a, on a wider scale. So did you did you hear the announcements today about um, Junior Achievement, the Junior Achiever Program, how HSBC is now um, one of the uh, one of the organizations funding Junior Achievement in schools, and TD is doing it, of course, they've always been doing that for a long time, and now as well, Advocus is that, did, did you hear any of that stuff today? <laughs> Probably you're busy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we are aware. I mean, Junior Achievement's a much, much larger organization, most obviously. They've been around a long time. And they have the Dollars and Cents program, which is targeted for grade 7 students. So although, you know, I guess in a sense they're, they're doing a similar thing, um, their program is full day. It's um, done by volunteers. Um, you know, there's a lot of differences. I'm sure there's a lot of similarities as well. But they also have other workshops, like around entrepreneurship and, and career and such. So whereas we're just focused on the financial literacy and and as I said, we tried to make ours really connected to that to that math curriculum. So um, obviously, they're on a larger scale. We're not there yet, um, and we haven't made any partnerships with any kind of banks because sometimes the school boards aren't comfortable with that. So um, you know, it's not like we're going out and promoting any one bank over the other. Or so, but they're so large that they get funding from multiple places. So it, it kind of is a little different. Do you do you have an opinion, or do you want to share an opinion if you have one about um, banks and financial institutions offering financial literacy in in schools and to kids who might not be aware of who's offering the program. Uh, um, go ahead, Caroline. Do you want? To I think I, I guess it's just that whole that impartial advice. So that would be as long as when it's if it's an, an individual going in and providing the information, as long as it's not tied to any. A product or pushing any any products at all. If it's if it's if it's um then yeah it's I'm not I'm not too worried. But as long as it's the the unsolicited, not giving that advice piece and and pushing any certain product. And a big part of our our as that we talk about is that that spending sensibly and that sharing with others. And it's very much that we're not doing this so that people are necessarily rich. We really really want to do it as that holistic. It's so that you're not worried about money, so that you you can manage your money, so you can enjoy your life. We're not saying we're not doing this. I've had I had a student say, "Are you rich?" When I started out, when I started at the classroom, so we're we're doing this so that you can have that full life and and live your life and not be worried about your finances. You're enjoying the rest of your life and not being preoccupied with it. So it's a real full picture that we provide, and so I think that's really our differential. But and if it's someone going in from a bank, they've got their They've got their, as an individual, they've got their uh, their philosophy and their outlook. But our Jenny, Jenny, both of us were very much that focus on kind of holistic view of, of, of money as well. Yeah, we're not the sort of you heard of the book Rich Dad Poor Dad or you know that kind of like how how can you invest to make the most of your money? I mean, obviously we do have one workshop on investing, but it's more about introducing the concepts and the compound interests and, and those kinds of things. So that. As Caroline said, our philosophy is we are from the nonprofit world, and, and we're you know just wanting to impart 
um, you know, exactly what financial literacy is, knowledge, skills, and confidence. And we hope that the students will then be able to be more familiar with all the terminology, the concepts, be more confident asking questions, and, and knowing where to go for more information and resources. So whose responsibility is it to teach financial literacy? What do you say to people who ask that question? It comes from many places. That's, I think, what I was alluding to earlier in that it's, you know, not only is it important to get it in the school system. I mean, so many people said, I never learned that at school. So it, we're fin just, it's fantastic that it's now being integrated into the curriculum. Um, you, know, whether it, you know, whether it's enough, I don't know, wait to be seen, it's just kind of starting. So the school system's really important. It has to come from the parents as well. What the problem is, are most Canadians as financially literate as they should be? Probably not. So you've got to get, you know, other sources. Um, you know, at Prosper Canada, for example, they're often trying to make sure that the systems are providing information in a way that's accessible to Canadians. So making sure that banks, making sure that institutions, you know, think of it. Think about taxes and making sure people really understand where they can go to get help with their taxes, where they can go to get information that is meaningful to them, because that's the problem. Sometimes it's, you know, it's it's not suitable for that particular individual. So making sure that many systems, as I said, the private, public, nonprofit, everybody needs to kind of make sure that the information is accessible and appropriate. Caroline, do you have anything to add on that one? Well, I guess I guess I keep going back to I guess the the that part of it that it's that the the impartiality. So that's one of the things I like about some of the government sites is that you know it's a trusted it's a trusted source and it's not tied to a specific product or a specific agenda. It's a it's a it's a it's a broad information. But a lot of it again, as as we're in, in the classrooms and as money mums, we call ourselves money mums, is that it is a lot with the parents and that, because that brings the values into it. So if you're bringing, talking about what are your, what are your values around money and what are, what are those concepts, the softer concepts that you want to teach your children as well. So they need to have access to some of that, the, the skills and the knowledge, but bringing some of that, the softer side, uh, the parents definitely need to be involved as well. So can you share some of those websites? Sorry uh, to cut you off there, Jackson. Uh, can you share some of those websites with, with us for parents to go to or kids to go to to uh, learn more or reinforce those concepts? Sure. We uh, do. You want, like, do you want to like say it right now, or do you want me to send? Uh, sure. We'll send you one. Well, one of the ones that we do, we love FCAC. It's got fantastic information. FCAC is fantastic. Uh, the Investor Education Fund, they've got some fantastic resources as well for teachers as well as for parents. Um, what are the other ones that we have that we list on uh, our CFI, CFI. Oh, yeah, CFI is great. Talk to your kids about uh, money. They have a new day in the classroom as well. They have resources for parents and for teachers online. Um, i trying to think of what else at the moment, but... Um, even I mean, even some of the bank ones do have have some, some mm -hmm. great information, and they've made it for children and for parents, so they're worth a look at. Um, I think. Um, oh, yeah. and even Citibank. You know, there's some great That's videos. That they City. use. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, and then am I muted? No. And then those Ching videos. I love. There's. I found these last year, and I. 
it's um it's a bank it's an it's an Asian bank and it's uh there's called Chiching and if you just if you just Google Chiching videos they have about twelve different videos and they're three they're about three minutes long and all on different subjects so I find that that's fantastic for parents and and teachers alike and we use them so that you can have that start that conversation get the kids really interested and then and then have dialogue after it so it has all different topics topics saving banking. All sorts of different topics. Maybe what we can do actually after this, in the next couple of days, maybe we can work together and we'll just compile a little list that we can add to the transcript of, of this sure. podcast. Sure, and we have so we have that available. That's what I was thinking about. Maybe so we awesome. can just send that to you. Yeah, we that's what we provide to the parents and the teachers. We can do both for sure. So I got a question about uh, uh, what how what level do you feel these kids are at? I mean, you said you had the one kid who had the aha moment about the iPad, but when they're making change for a thousand, are they struggling or are they getting it? And I guess in the second part is 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 K to eight enough? Do you have a plan to expand in high school, or is that just kind of you're hitting the early years, really hyper focused on where you guys are at and making sure they understand? Well, I'll answer the first question. Um, the first one was, are they getting it? It, it really depends. <laughs> I mean, it's you, you see all things. You see some who are amazing. You can tell they've been uh, having a lot of conversations at home or, you know, they'll raise their hand and say, well, you know, my mom or my dad or somebody works in the bank or they're an investor. So you can, you can get somebody who's extremely knowledgeable and you can get others. I had one child in grade four say, I'm not allowed to touch money. I'm not allowed to use money. So the real range. Um, in terms of why we're focused on K to 8, and that was really, that's mostly our, our marketing or business plan, and that's because there's a lot more out there for the high school students. Uh, and we really thought, well, you know what? We had young children at the time, and we went, our kids get this. If we start talking to them about it now, uh, you know, they'll, they'll have a basis by the time they get to high school. And, you know, as again, we're, we're trying to build on it and, uh, you know, make sure that when they do hit that age where they're managing their own money, they have the tools and resources they need. And I was in I was in one classroom and a little boy is grade using grade two and he so he got it. He was taught we were talking about needs and wants and he had said that he had, his sweater had his sweater got wrecked and he was his teacher had said, Oh you better just get rid of that. You better just throw it out. He said, no way, my dad works three jobs. My dad is working for three jobs to pay for this stuff. I am not. I'm going to go home and I'm going to help get my mom. We're going to we're going to fix this up. So talking about getting it, he is. You know, he gets the concept of yeah. I'm not. Someone's working hard for this, and I'm not going to waste it. I'm going to take care of this. So it's amazing. Some of the things that they're uh, that they get at a young age. It's it's pretty incredible. So my daughter just turned five. Uh, how much should I be uh. giving her? For <laughs> Uh, we all, yep, yeah, there you get that question. There we go. <laughs> so the the idea with the from all the research that we've done with for allowance is that it's great that she start to start to handle money, right? That's the concept for her just to really start to be able to handle it. The idea is it's whatever you're willing that she would be paying for. So you you work out what she what she'd be paying for with that amount of money, and then that's how you decide. So if she, Probably at age five, she's not going to be buying her clothes just yet, but she maybe she's buying, I don't know, little presents for her friends or whatever that is, you, and you determine that. So the idea is that you wouldn't be spending, it's not going to cost you money to give allowance, it's that you would, you're transferring the responsibility. So she's now 
going to be responsible for buying that item and then she decides. So it's really, there's really not the right, there's no magic five, oh she's five, it's five dollars a week, it's whatever it is right. that she's going to be spending. And then she decides, right, it's her money, when it becomes her money she's going to be, oh well maybe I might not buy it then, right? I Maybe I'm going to wait for next time. How's that for an answer? <laughs> I, like I like it. So, and, and when should I start tying chores to her allowance? Ah, I'll answer that one. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, there are many philosophies around um, allowances, and, and, and some do like to tie chores to it because they say they get the concept of earning money. Most say, eh, um, it's better to, to not, but, I mean, again, Whenever we present it to parents, we always say, you know what, you have your own values and attitudes around money, ultimately you're going to make the decision. We're going to give you a few different theories, a few different ideas, and you're going to choose. But we, you know, ourselves, we, we don't use the, the earning um, philosophy. It's much more around you've got so much to manage. And again, we, we have the piggy banks with the save, spend, share. So, my 13-year-old does not get a full $13 because <laughs> I would be broke. Um, but you know, he gets his, his money, I think he gets half a week, kind of half it, and uh, some of it goes in his save jar, some of it goes in his spend jar, and uh, some of it goes um, save, spend, share. I mean, it's called a moon jar, actually. Yeah, yeah, I bought, I bought one last year, and they're, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're helpful in teaching that concept, for sure. Yeah. Well, we're uh, running up to about a half an hour, so I think Sammy's got one more question. She's smiling. She wants to ask one more question, and then I think we're out. No, Sammy doesn't. Okay, so we got to do a lightning round. This is where we ask you very oh, quick start questions, and you have to answer immediately without thinking. So, do you like blue cheese? No. No. <laughs> oh, I was really liking you up until this point. <laughs> Sammy, ask a question. Here we go. Um, you do you watch Doctor Who? No. No. Oh, I think we're losing. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Jesus Christ! Hey, Rob, uh, it depends on who you talk to. Yes, too. Uh, is the groundhog going to see his shadow this year? <laughs> oh, I hope so. We'll see. Me too. <laughs> That's all guys. Really appreciate it. I learned a lot. That's pretty cool. I didn't know you could do so much money in kids. So... With my four kids, I, I should probably uh, find some. <laughs> hey, this is a question. Actually, a legitimate okay. question. Okay, good. Do you ever take your uh, homeschool up for, uh, or your curriculum up for homeschool people? Or is it just in the school systems? You're a genius. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Because so the answer is no, but that's a great. We're homeschooling our kids. Really? We got a five-year-old, a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a four-month-old, and we're homeschooling uh, kindergarten right now. And we've kind of started introducing some money concepts to our kids. And mostly, it's just don't manage it like your parents did. But uh, yeah, then you're on your own. But no, uh, do you ever have you ever thought about rolling out some material or curriculum to the homeschool? No, that's a great idea. Okay, if you need a franchise partner, okay. right here, <laughs> we'll go on Dragon's Den together. We'll go on yes. Dragon's Den together with it. And I'll get called an idiot right on. I always wanted that to happen to me. So, cool. Well, I think we're done unless anybody else has something interesting to say. Just want to say thank no. you very much for having us. Yeah, thank Thanks you. And happy Financial Literacy Month. Yes, keep up the great work. <laughs> That's right. Thanks, guys. Goodbye.
Okay, bye. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Because Money is a labor of love and involved no ads or other sponsorship, be sure to click the like or subscribe button where you downloaded this from, as we'll help other listeners find the podcast and raise our profile, which in turn makes it easier to book guests. Please visit becausemoney.ca for show notes and related links.